This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. As we have said on many occasions before, every day is a day of thanksgiving with God. And yet there are seasons in our calendar year when giving and generosity stand out even more than at other times. So today I want to talk about the benefits of generosity. So number one benefit is that when you are generous, you then have alignment with God's purpose. And it's God's purpose to take care of all of his people. It's his purpose to bless the poor and those who are in need. And when you think about all that he instructed the nation of Israel to do in the Bible days, a lot of it involved taking care of those who were less fortunate. For example, the law that says you're not to reap your whole field, every piece of grain, every piece of fruit from your land. Rather, you are to leave the corners so that the poor people can come in and they can walk through the corners of the land and pick up the grain and the grapes that were left behind. Now, of course, someone might think, Well, I need to get all of that for myself. I need to get all of that for my family. However, God says, you take what's in the middle for you. And if something falls, something drops, don't go back and get it. Don't go back and reap the area two or three more times to pluck up everything rather than leave it for the poor. He also had a series of Sabbaths that were really important. Sabbath years for his people every seven years. Every seven years, they were to leave the ground without planting it, without harvesting it, because God was going to provide abundance in the sixth year, and they would have enough food for the seventh year. They'd also have enough for the eighth year while they were planting to get ready for the ninth year. And God said he instituted this seventh year Sabbath in part to benefit the poor people in the land and everyone poor and rich alike would eat from what grew naturally in the fields during that time. So God is a God of abundance. And when you are generous as God is generous, you are aligning with his purpose. If we go a little farther, every 50 years, God would declare a time of jubilee. And during the year of jubilee, not only would people's debts be canceled, which would happen every seven years, if they had sold themselves into servitude to someone because they couldn't pay a debt, or they had fallen on hard times, or if they had to sell some land for the same reasons, all of that reversed in the 50th year. So those who were in servitude, including all of their children, were released. And all of those who had sold lands, those lands returned back to the rightful owners, back to the rightful tribes 
as God had apportioned when they first entered the promised land. So we see then that God's purpose is one of generosity to forgive these debts every seven years and even greater debts every 50 years, knowing that some people would never be able to pay those off. So we find that God blesses us to be a blessing. We then become a vessel of blessing and the value from God passes through us on to other people. And I'd like to read a few scriptures that would just maybe help us to think about this and to keep it in perspective. And the first one that I would like to read today comes from Proverbs, the 19th chapter, and it's verse 17. And it says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So when we do things for other people, and including those who are not as fortunate as we may be, we're lending those gifts, not to that person, rather to God himself. And it is God then who will repay back to us whatever he thinks is right to return to us for the sacrifice that we have given to someone else. And we have a similar kind of a concept also in the book of Hebrews, and it's the 16th verse, and it says, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now notice that word sacrifice, because sometimes it is a sacrifice to share. Sometimes it is a sacrifice to give to others. And yet God says, don't forget to do it, to share with others, because he is well pleased with those kinds of sacrifices. And in fact, when he was speaking to his people in the first covenant, and he was talking about the seventh year Sabbaths, and the year of Jubilee, he told them, it may be close to the time of releasing debts. Don't let that cause you to have a hard heart and not give to your brother or sister. He says, give to them anyway, even though soon the debt will be canceled. And he reminded the people that he's the one who would provide for them whatever they had given out to other people. So the first thing is we align with the purpose of God in his generosity when we too are generous. Number two, we establish a deeper and divine meaning and purpose for our lives. And if you'll remember Solomon, in writing the book of Ecclesiastes, he was the wisest man on the earth and he was wealthy as well, extremely wealthy. He was able to try anything that he wanted to try, to do anything he wanted to do. And in fact, he did do anything he wanted to do and tried all kinds of things. And ultimately, he says, life is meaningless. Life is vanity. All of those things don't make a difference, really, in terms of the deeper meaning in your life. And he finally concluded that the best thing anybody could do was to serve their creator while they could. So that deeper divine purpose and meaning for life is something important, and it's a benefit of generosity as well. 
One of the things that I want to read as we think about this is found in Luke, the sixth chapter. And in Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So God is letting us know that when we give, it will come back to us, not just even in the same amount, it will come back so that it's pressed down, shaken together, and still running over. That's an overabundance of God's return. Will it come back to us? And he also says, whatever we measure out to other people, in other words, if you're stingy, then don't expect a whole lot to come back. If you are generous, on the other hand, then a generous amount comes back to you from God in this sense. So that's a principle. It's a principle that God talks about and how he deals with his people. So we want to be generous the way that God is generous and be on his divine accounting system so that that large amount also comes back to us. And let's remember, it's not always in material things. It could be in health. It could be in mental health. It could be in peace. We don't know how God will bring it back to us. However, it will be whatever we most need and whatever is best for us. And I remember in the book of Malachi, when God really challenges his people and he says, you know, test me prove me. If you give and bring your tithes into the storehouse and see if I will not bless you, he said, so that the windows of heaven, he will pour out from those windows of heaven and give the people such a blessing, they wouldn't even have room to receive it. So our generous God is also generous with us as we take on the deeper meaning and purpose of living a generous lifestyle. Number three, when we are generous people, we are vessels of God's honor. God has vessels of honor and dishonor. We are his hands and we are his feet on the earth. And one of the verses that really comes to mind is Romans 12, 1, which said that we are to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And the writer goes on to say that that is our reasonable service. And when we think about it, God's Messiah, Jesus, died. And he was the dead sacrifice from a human perspective who rose again to life. And God is not calling us to die in a physical sense in every situation where we're being generous. Rather, he's calling us to be a living sacrifice because while we are living, there's so much that we can do to benefit other people while we are still here on this earth. And just know that God is the one who is glorified. God is the one who is praised for his love and generosity when we are his instruments for good on the earth. And I want to just share a scripture related to that as well. 
This comes from 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and it's verses 10 through 14. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So we see here that when we are giving in generous proportions to other people, they thank God. They know that those gifts come from God. And as they are thanking God, they become more aware of God and who God is. So we become this channel of blessing and glory to God as we are generous with our fellow human beings. And this is what God has called us to do. Number four, when we are generous, other people are blessed and helped. And this is an important concept that God has in mind as well for other people to be blessed and other people to be helped. So in 1 John 3 and verse 17, it says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And elsewhere in this same book of 1 John, we're just reminded, if you see your brother in need, don't just send him away and say to him, go be warmed and be filled. If you have the means to make a difference, then go ahead and help your brother or sister and make a difference. If you say that you love God, it is manifested in what you do for the people that God loves. And we cannot love God who we have not seen if we don't even love our brother and sister who we see every day. That's what God reminds us about as well. So people are blessed individually. People are blessed in the society. People are blessed in communities and in the world when we are generous givers. When we are generous givers, it also creates community between people. We forge deeper relationships with others because of our generous hearts. It opens up our hearts towards others and others' hearts towards us. And it closes the gaps and divides between people so that we get to a deeper level of caring. Also, when we think about the benefits of generosity, and we don't always think about this, but there are also physical, mental, and spiritual benefits. So I refer to this as physical, mental, and spiritual renewal. There's a lot of research that's out there now 
which says that people who are generous hearted, these are people who have better sleep at night. They don't even have insomnia. These are people whose well-being is elevated. Their mental health is elevated. They have less depression. They have good physical health with lowered blood pressure and an increase in the positive functioning of their immune system. So when you are thinking of others and when you are generous towards others, you get outside of yourself. You're no longer just focused on your aches and pains and woe is me. Rather, you're focused on how can you be a blessing to someone else? And as you do that, you increase the positive outlook that you have on life. You decrease the stress that you may have in your life and you elevate the energy that you have in life as well. And these are all very important benefits to being generous towards other people. We are not generous towards other people for these benefits, yet it is an outcome of being generous towards others. So I'd like to read Acts the 20th chapter and verses 35 through 36. And it says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And think about that. When all of these benefits come back in terms of mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health, and you're giving something maybe material to someone else, maybe it's an act of service to someone else, which is a wonderful thing. And we are assuming here that the person needs that. That is great. And what comes back to you is also great. So you give and God gives back to you in ways that you can't even count. So he asks us to share and to give what we have. God doesn't ask us to give what we don't have. Rather, he says, as the Lord has prospered you, then you give to other people. You give back to them according to how God has prospered you. Now, some people are not prosperous when it comes down to money or physical wealth. However, you can give your time. You can give your ear, your attention, your service. You can render a service of going over to clean someone's house if they're ill or someone in their family is ill or if they've just experienced death in the family. If you don't even have the physical resources to buy them food, but this person has money enough for food, you can take the food that they purchased and cook for them for an entire week or whatever period of time it may be. You can clean their house while they or their children are sick. You can watch their children or run an errand. These are all things that you can do to benefit someone else who may need your service. And then number six, I would also say that generosity begets generosity. We've been talking about how God gives back to us. And also, as you are generous with other people, others in the world are generous with you. 
you will find that when you go to the store, you get the baker's dozen of 13 instead of just the 12. People will start pouring out to you. And this is God's blessing on your life that comes through other people. And so again, God is taking care of us in the same spirit of Matthew, the sixth chapter, when he tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things of food, shelter, and clothing will be provided by God. He knows what we have need of, and he's already preparing it. He's already standing in the gap. And then number seven, I would say, keep in mind that having a heart of generosity and giving generously, it reflects the heart of God. This is God's will for you. This is God's will for me that we live on this earth, reflecting his heart reflecting his spirit, which is a generous heart, a generous spirit. So I would like to close today with another scripture in the book of Proverbs. And this is Proverbs, the 11th chapter. And in Proverbs 11, we're going to look at verses 24 and 25 as kind of our closing and wrap-up verses. And before I read those, I want to remind you, as we're in this season of thinking about radical generosity and giving back to others, there may be charitable organizations that you want to support in this season. If you can't think of any and can't remember any, I'll bring to your mind a few that may be useful to think about. We've been talking for quite some time now about little Sebastian, who is dealing with myoepithelial carcinoma, which is a rare aggressive cancer for which there is currently no cure. We are praying for God's divine healing in Sebastian's case. And also, there is the opportunity to give to the cause to find a cure. And the family has already established a partnership with the premier Children's Cancer Research Institute. And that institute has agreed to study MEC, myoepithelial carcinoma, to find treatments and to find a cure. So you can go to curemec.org to offer your donation to that very worthy cause. Across the globe, in the country of Rwanda, one of our previous guests on the show, Pastor Kinesius Gakura, is building a very significant worship center in Kigali, Rwanda. And that worship center will be for all people. It will be a center of prayer. It will be a place where disabled people can come and be ministered to. And Pastor Gakura is himself disabled and in a wheelchair and has been disabled and unable to walk since the time that he was about seven years old. And God has continued to bless him. That building project needs another to come to fruition for the grand opening 
in August of 2023. We will put the information in the show notes. If you feel inclined to give to that cause, then please do give to the cause of the church in Rwanda, where they have been making peace between tribal groups that in the past were killing one another. And now there's a spirit of forgiveness and they're all coming together as one people, all as Rwandese. That is a profound work that's being done in Rwanda post-genocide and healing of the people. And then thirdly, one of the ministries I also really like is the Bible League. They are giving Bibles to people in their own language, in their own culture, and not only the Word of God, which we know is the food for God's people, and it's what keeps us strong and strengthens us against false doctrine and also enables us to go through persecution and whatever else we may need to face. They also provide training in what the people are studying and reading. They have a program called Project Philip, where people get to learn about the Bible and what God is really saying to the people. So those are three different examples you can give to curemec.org for curing of this rare cancer. And on behalf of Sebastian and his family, you can give to the cause in Rwanda for building this worship center. That's for all people, including disabled people. You can do that. And thirdly, you can give to the Bible League and send Bibles across the globe to people who would be so blessed to have the Word of God near to them and in their own language. So as you think about that or any other charitable causes that you know about and for which you have passion, that would be a wonderful way to spend this season and to reflect the heart of God's generosity by being a generous person yourself. So we will read from Proverbs, the 11th chapter, verses 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich And he who waters others will also be watered himself. So it may seem right when we hold everything tightly in our hands and when we don't listen to God and we plow all of our fields for ourselves. However, the scripture says, when you scatter more, that's when you get the increase in the seeds that you have scattered. And when you withhold, that tends to poverty. It's the generous soul who is made rich and the one who waters others, he himself will be watered. God is the one who will see to that. So have a blessed and generous day reflecting the heart of God. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. 
and I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening, and remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.